0: I'm Jake Miller from the Educational Duct Tape Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. What I was really getting excited about was helping educators with the technology. You know, we we as teachers, we there's that like I don't know if it's a it's a common statement that when you see a kid's eyes light up when they understand something there's this great feeling for me it's an even more amplified feeling and you probably know this too amber when you see a teacher grasp something that they didn't think they could do like use a the technology they didn't think they could use or for you when a teacher's feeling like they've kind of lost control of their setting and they're losing their passion for teaching maybe, and you talk them through it and they find the way to kind of fix that and come back out of that. Like that light bulb moment, right. Is huge. And that, that was big for me. I was like, this is what I want to do.
1: Hey there. I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change, and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend, and I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers, and you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a burned in teacher. Now let's get started.
0: Hello there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome into episode 124 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. My name is Jake Miller, and about an eon, give or take a few years ago, I had the honor of being interviewed by your favorite podcaster, Amber Harper, to appear on your favorite podcast, the Burned In Teacher Podcast. But Amber, in true teacher fashion, hasn't had time to air this episode yet. And I've got to tell you, I can relate. Teaching is one of the hardest jobs out there, and sometimes it's hard to find time for our other things or even some of our teacher things. Uh, seriously, though, in the time since Amber and I did this interview, there was an Olympics. Jeff Bezos flew to space for some reason. Uh, for a few minutes, I guess. Squid Games became a thing. I still don't know what that thing is, but it's a thing. Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo released like a billion songs. TikTok dared our students to do really dumb stuff at school. And, hmm, what else? Oh, my book came. Out. Yes, in this interview, you'll hear Amber and I discuss my book, Educational Duct Tape and EdTech Integration Mindset which was not out at the time of this interview, but did come out in late August. In the book, I share fun stories and inspirational quotes while showing the reader how the educational duct tape mindset can help educators like you overcome what I call the paralysis of choice with educational technology tools. That's when we have so many ed tech tool choices that rather than feeling liberated to choose something for our classroom, we instead feel paralyzed and overwhelmed. And while you discover how my silly metaphor can be put to work in your classroom or school, you will also learn about more than 80 contemporary ed tech tools that may just become the educational duct tape in your next lesson. Now, that might sound overwhelming because there's 80 of them, but as I remind readers throughout the book, you don't have to use all of the tools. Worse yet, half of them. Worse yet, more than two of them or one of them. The focus of the book is to identify your needs or goals and find a tool or a handful Full of tools that can help you meet those goals. And I hope the book will help you with both parts of that. You can find the book on Amazon or learn more about it on my podcast, Educational Duct Tape, or on my website, jakemiller.net. But enough about that. What you're here for is episode 124 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. In this episode, you'll hear about my burnout and burn-in stories. To be honest, I'm still wrestling with the challenges of being a teacher in a contemporary classroom. 2021 is t- tough and it's tough juggling these unique challenges and my own endeavors as an author and a podcaster but I'm still putting forth my best effort for my students and it's important for me to keep in mind what is my best it's not perfection it's my best that's what I do for my students and you'll hear all about that in this interview so without further ado here comes my chat with the one and only Amber Harper
1: Well, hey, Jake! Welcome to the Vernon Teacher Podcast. Thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, Amber! Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. It's it's nice to to visit. In it's it's like uh, family reunions when we get to visit the other education podcast network shows. Right? We pop in like, hey, hey, cuz right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, for real. Like, I've heard your voice, you know, I've seen you on social media, but we've never had to actually have a back and forth conversation. And you know what, you've really made me start to think that I've got to hit record right whenever we jump on, right right when I jump on these calls, because the conversations before I hit record are are so good and kind of like that getting to know you and, and, you know, how's it going, you know? So, it was
0: my fault because I asked I asked a somewhat vulnerable question that I didn't want to ask while recording, but it, that's when we get the best stuff, right? So right. I, sh- I should have been like, press record, Amber, let's yes. go. Let's, let's start go. this right this second. That's what I should have done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what he's talking about is uh, we were chatting about my decision to trans- transition back into the classroom um, because I am recording this earlier in the summer, um, preparing for gearing up into the beginning of the school year. So I did ask Jake to, to share some things with us, but Jake, let's back up. Let's get to know you a little bit. Dish it. Tell us all about you and, and what it is that you do.
0: So I am an educator in Ohio. I have been in education for 18 years now. I have taught all of the things and done all of the things. At least that's the way it feels. Um, I, my current role: I'm a eighth grade science teacher in a middle school in Northeast Ohio, uh, and that's my day job. That's what, what fills up 40 plus hour plus. The plus is big there hours a week uh, during the school year, and then my side stuff is. I, don't, I love what I do in the classroom, but it's my second favorite to, to what I do on the side. I'll be completely transparent and honest about that, which is working with educators to uh, integrate technology into their classrooms. And most importantly, that there's so many people out there that talk about the technologies that you use in your classrooms i I try to be the guy that helps people not be overwhelmed by it i try to be the guy that just helps them choose one or two three things one or two things to focus on and how to pick them and how to integrate them in the classroom and i do that mostly through my podcast as we kind of alluded to before which is the educational duct tape podcast and the podcast is my place to have that discussion with educators helping them identify what technologies they need and what technologies maybe they don't need uh, and trying to inspire them to go through that journey as they do it. So it's, it's kind of both of those things at the same time, which is helping educators with the technology and, and helping my wife put the dinner on the table with my day job. <laughs>
1: you know, there are a couple of things I pulled from that. So number one, I'm going to have to ask you to maybe be a little bit of my mentor because when <laughs> I was running burn teacher, when I first started it back in 2016, I did teach for two full years while I was running it, but it was a totally different business back then. Yeah. Um, I was blogging here and there. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't have a course. I didn't have the mastermind. I didn't have all of these things. I didn't have a book. Mm. All of these things that I have now, and I'm going to need to work really hard to achieve some sort of balance with all of that. And it sounds like you already kind of have that. How's that going?
0: (laughs) You know, I think, and this actually relates a lot to what you talk about on Vernon Teacher, which is to to reflect on and be observant of how things are making you feel. And I've had to tell myself, I'd, I've had to give myself permission to not do things at times. I had to go like, you know what? I was planning on releasing a podcast this, this week. I, I don't, I don't feel up to it. I feel overwhelmed at work. I feel tired. I, I feel like if I do that, I'm going to sacrifice time with my own children and my wife. Um, it, a podcast just isn't happening this week, you know? And I'll just tweet out like, Hey, sorry, feeling really busy, no podcast this week. And I get lots of love back from people who follow the show. And then it's like, as soon as I make that post or whatever, I, I it's like that, that relaxation comes over me, right? So there's one piece that's, that's being really efficient and, organized about the way you do things to be able to juggle all that stuff. But the other part is just letting yourself not do all of the things. And that's been hard for me this last year, because this has been my first year back in the classroom. This this year that just finished up 2020, 2021 uh, was my first year back in the classroom after a few years. And it was hard. And I had to give up a lot of things that I wanted to make happen on the side. Um, But whenever I let myself out of some of those things that I was asking myself to do, it felt a lot better. And The hardest part is realizing that the only person asking me to record that podcast episode or make that blog post or schedule those tweets or prepare that Instagram thing or record that YouTube video, the only person asking me to do it was me. Like there are people out there who want to see it or hear it or read it, but they're not like, Jake, do this this week. Like I'm the only person saying that. So once I went like, Jake, you're doing this to yourself, like let yourself off the hook on some of these things Then I felt better, but I had to realize it was me asking myself to do it.
1: You know, I'm, you can't see me listeners, but I'm over here like preach because I'm telling you what your bot, our bosses are like super demanding, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, and that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is like, what am I telling myself? And and again, listeners, you know, that I say this all the time. What story am I telling myself? Like, does this truly have, have to be done? You know, is the world going to end? Like, Lord knows we've dealt with worse things, especially recently. right? Right. Like it's it's going to be okay. So I'm, it's really refreshing to hear you say that. And I have to say too, the second thing that I pulled from your original, you know, introduction of yourself is your podcast is hilarious. You are a really (laughs) funny guy, Jake.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's number one, that's part of my personality. And number two, that's, that's something that I have felt through my 18 years in education was missing from my professional development not that I provided, but that I went to the, the school districts required you to go to was you feel like you're, be, you're, you're having something jammed down your throat. And not only did you maybe not even buy into it, but you're not even enjoying it. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I was like, I want this to be a place where people enjoy listening. I don't want to make it feel like a chore. I want them to feel like they got some enjoyment out of it. And they also got some, uh, got some learning out of it. So it's good to hear that you enjoy it because I think a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes at me a lot of the time. <laughs> <But I'm glad laughs> no, that I laugh out funny. loud.
1: You're hilarious. And you <laughs> know what? I think, and a couple of things from that too. Number one, it's interesting how many PDs we go to mm. where they're talking about instructional practices and engagement and they're so friggin' boring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not, you're not really doing a great job of modeling what you're teaching here. Right.
0: So, (laughs) yeah. And not, not every professional development provider or teacher can maybe be funny. Like, and that, and that, and we, we should give ourselves permission to, to not try to be funny, but we have to go like what things work in a good classroom. And there are a lot of teachers who can't tell a joke for the life of them, but they have other skills that do make themselves engaging or personable or, Uh, build a good rapport with students. And those are the things we have to put into our PD too. So it might not be our sense of humor. It might be our... Other things like like, for example, for your show, not that you're not a funny person, but that you you ooze this compassion for the other people that listen to you uh, and this understanding. And you know that that works in a classroom, too. Right. And therefore, it works in a professional development. So you would never go do a professional development and not use that same level of compassion and care that you bring to the podcast. And you never go in your classroom because, you know, that's that's what works. Right. That's what's an an effective practice to connect with and engage with your audience, whether they're little people or big people, whether those kiddos or the teachers.
1: Yeah, yeah, and speaking of kiddos, I'm sure your eighth grade science students really appreciate that too.
0: <laughs> well, they, they, I think they think I'm <laughs> they lame. They
1: roll their eyes at you too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get both. This was a, this was an interesting year. This year that just wrapped up because they. Um, I think I had a higher level of of enjoyment of my sense of humor from the kids than usual because I think there was something about starting the year remote where we were able to build this different level of connection with each other because they were missing the connections in the hallways and in the classrooms and in the cafeteria and stuff like that. And I just tried to be, you know, when when the webcam was turned on and when I connected on Zoom with my kids, I like. Like I flipped that light switch, like almost like an actor, like, like you, like you'd press camera and your smile would go like, eh, like big smile. Right. I'm like, All right, guys, how's it going, everybody? And like the jokes came out and everything because I felt like they needed it. And I do feel like that developed uh, an increase in connection with them because I was just, I, I tried to have the same, the same voice that I would bring to a podcast or to a, a YouTube video or to a presentation. I tried to turn on for my students, even though I wasn't feeling into it most of the time, mm-hmm. um, that's what they needed. And that's what I gave to them. And, and it did develop connections with them. And I think some they, they roll their eyes while laughing. Most yeah. of them
1: <laughs> like that joke, right? Yes, <laughs> yes for sure. <laughs> so, so that brings me to a question that I have for you is how are you, how are, how are you doing after this year?
0: Well, I we're recording in June, so I'm fantastic right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I limped across the finish line. I like limped, limped, and I had to. A lot of the things I did on the side just had to just had to stop. Like I like emails that didn't relate to my day to day job with students. I I had to just put on hold podcast episodes, blog posts, things like that. Just I just had to stop because I had to be mindful of of what I was what I was going through and what I was feeling. Uh, it was a hard year for me, you know to to. I'll rewind a little bit to get to here. Uh, when I first came out of school, I was a math teacher, and I thought that was my passion. I thought teaching math was what I was going to do all the way through to retirement, and I loved it for about seven years. And started to feel like I needed a change, uh, and switched grades, and loved the new grade. Uh, but then the district made a, a policy change that moved me back to, back up to a different grade, and then I was like I, I'm trying to find my place. And I started embracing technology through my master's program and started getting more and more excited about what educational technology was doing for me as a teacher, as well as for my students. I started integrating more of it. Um, and my district put me into a STEM teaching role. We, I, uh, my, a friend and I co designed and co taught a STEM curriculum for our school. And I loved that. Um, but then found that what I was really getting excited about was helping educators with the technology. You know, we, we as teachers, we, there's that, like, I don't know if it's a it's a common statement that when you see a kid's eyes light up when they understand something, there's this great feeling. For me, it's an even more amplified feeling, and you probably know this too, Amber, when you see a teacher grasp something that they didn't think they could do, like use the technology they didn't think they could use, or for you, when a teacher's feeling like they've kind of lost control of their setting and they're losing their passion for teaching maybe and you talk them through it and they find the way to kind of fix that and come back out of that like that light bulb moment right is huge and that that was big for me i was like this is what i want to do
1: if you're all in when it comes to getting out of your teacher burnout let me give you some advice don't try to navigate this journey alone The Burned In Teacher Mastermind is the course and the community that creates your opportunity to use your burnout as a chance to become the change you want so badly in your life, both in the classroom and in your world outside of it. When you sign up, you'll gain access to Burned In Teacher University, which lays out my entire eight-step process and gain access to bonus modules and lessons that you won't find in hacking teacher burnout. You'll also get to be part of regular group coaching calls facilitated by yours truly. But most importantly, you'll join our exclusive private Burned In Teacher Tribe community where you'll collaborate with other teachers just like you who have decided they will never settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. Right now, you can use the promo code podcast at checkout for $50 off forever access to the course and this community. I used my burnout as a growth opportunity to create the resources and the community for you that I so desperately needed when I decided to change my life. Learn more about the Burned In Teacher Mastermind at burnedinteacher.com mastermind and burn on.
0: So I transitioned into tech coaching, which I did for five years. Uh, It it wasn't a perfect situation because it was new to me, right? And it was new to the teachers I was working with. But it was it it was what I belonged doing. What was that? That was kind of I I decided that was my calling, and I started doing the stuff on the side with the podcast and everything too to really lean into supporting educators with technology. Um, But this past year. As the pandemic started. So in spring of 2020, uh, my district decided to cut my tech coaching position and they, they um, said it was due to budgetary concerns because of the pandemic, they were they were losing some some incoming funds, and so they needed to cut some positions and that was one of the positions they cut and I got uh, pushed back into the classroom. And that was hard for me, because To me, being in the classroom was my second favorite role. Being a tech coach was my first favorite role. And I told my students this at the end of the school year. It was really hard for me at the beginning because it's not like I was sent to work at Burger King or something, but I I still was being sent into what wasn't my choice. Mm -hmm. And it it hurt a little bit, to be honest. uh, But it also was just like I I felt like my colleagues needed my support with the technology this year, and I wasn't in the role to give it to them. I was in the role to, to teach science. And that made the whole year kind of tough, right? Because I was doing something that didn't feel 100% right to me and wasn't where I really wanted to be. Um, but also it was taking so much of my energy because it was a hard year uh, that it was making doing, you know, the podcast and the speaking and the writing and things like that. It made that tougher as well. Uh, so it was a tough year. And and I really did limp across the finish line. Um, and I told my kids on the last day of school, I, I was upfront with them. I hadn't really told them this throughout the year, but I said, you know, this year was really hard for me guys. I kind of told them the story of why it was tough. You know what? I just said here. And I, I told them, and I, and I mean it, like what, what got me through the year was them was, was the connections with my students. And I decided on that early on that that's, that was the most important part of being back in the classroom for me was giving them a good experience mm-hmm. because I felt for them going through, um, education in a pandemic setting, um, And I really wanted to make it a pleasant experience for them. So I leaned into that and we developed some really strong connections. And and I really do believe that's what got me through the experience. Um, But even still, 180 days of that. And I was ready for summer. So ready for (laughs) summer.
1: So as of right now, now, obviously, like, like we've said, it's early June at the time of this recording, do you know mm-hmm. what's in store for you next year? Are you going back into your ed tech coaching position? Or are you going back to eighth grade science? I mean, yeah, it's very well changed, but <laughs> yeah, as,
0: as, as far as I know, I'll be back in the classroom again, teaching eighth grade science, okay. uh, w- which is hard because it, it, it was, it was not a horrible experience this right. year, but I just feel it's, it's hard. Like you, you just feel like that, like, but that's the thing I'm supposed to do. This is the thing I'm really good at, but that's the thing I'm supposed to do and that's that that's been hard for me. And that's where the stuff on the, on the side with the podcast and with speaking and stuff like that lets me still feel that fulfillment because we need that. It's like, it's kind of like a person with a, I'm going to say regular job and everybody in education understands that like a regular job is like your desk job at some company where you don't care about what your company does. We all care about what our company does, right? We're educators. Like we care about the education mission, but people in that setting, like that's why they do woodworking on the side, right? That's why they go fishing. That's why they work out six times a week. That's why they coach their son's little league team, because those are where they get their fulfillment from. And so I've had to say, you know, I enjoy teaching and I'm good at teaching, but what I, really, truly get my fulfillment from is this, this other stuff. And so I'm going to give myself permission to not go insane with the amount of stuff I do, but at the same time, I'm going to continue giving myself that medicine of doing it. Cause it's good therapy for me. Cause it, cause it, it drives me to do that. Yeah, stuff.
1: yeah. So I, without you, and I don't know if you've taken the teacher burnout quiz, but I, I I'm willing to bet that you're probably burned and bored.
0: <laughs> I, I have felt yeah, I think that's probably like the as most challenging after, as yeah. it
1: was as a challenging as it was that you still are like, but I would really like to be doing that over there.
0: Right. And I don't know if if, if board, yeah, board board might be the right right term for it. It's, it's like when a student is in the classroom and they've gotten the like and you get to choose a, a book and in, in reading class and you've gotten a book that you're kind of like this book's pretty good right <laughs> but yeah. I'd really be excited about that book right exactly. maybe you're not bored by the one you have but you could see this this other thing that's perfect for you so I think I think yeah that's probably right
1: yeah well and and the 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 definition of a burn and board teacher um is that you you have great systems you mm-hmm. know not every day is perfect but you have mm-hmm. great relationships like you seem to have it like all together everything should be great but you're kind of like yeah, I, I kind of want to try something like, I want to do something different. Maybe you don't know what it is. You obviously do know what it is, mm-hmm. but what's really beautiful about this story that you're sharing, Jake, is that you had already created Jake Miller tech. You already had mm-hmm. your podcast. You had this great outlet that you were, you know, obviously you were doing a different role in school or you had a different role in school, but you're able to keep that outlet going and keep that passion going, you know, as, like you said, your side hustle. And that's yeah. what I'm really excited about with Burning teacher is that, you know, I'm really going to enjoy my time with my kids and, uh, but. but. But I, but I still get to do, I still get to do this thing that I'm so passionate about. And in a way, I mean, don't you feel like, like, I feel like I can connect better with teachers now more than ever with going back into the classroom to be able to share that authentic experience in relation to what it is that I'm doing, you know, quote unquote on the side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this this past school year with trying to support teachers who are dealing with the challenges of remote learning and concurrent learning and all of those different things. I don't know if I truly could have supported them without experiencing it myself. Uh, I feel like I had an increased level of compassion for the situation that they were in. I, I hope that I would have been able to support them, but yeah. I, I really understood the difficulty of it. And when you, when I saw people, whether it was in the media or on social media or whatever, um, I don't want to say bad-mouthing educators, but just clearly not understanding how difficult the situation was because it's not just like, oh yeah, whatever. Everybody could teach. Like if you could teach into a classroom, you could teach on a zoom. Like you, you just didn't like until you do it, you don't understand like how different that feels. Right? right. And how, and how like the challenges of teaching on zoom and in person at the same time, you're like, but it's just like the kids, the kids, just your webcam. I'm like it's not that big. No, it is a big deal. <laughs> right. And yeah. like, I, so I do feel, and you're absolutely right. Experiencing it firsthand definitely helps you support those people. And it, it lends a lot to your relevance into the trust. Like I I get calls from people uh, who call into the the podcast and say, you know, the fact that knowing that you're in the trenches with us Mm -hmm. helps a lot. And I want to call back, like, I don't want to be in the trenches (laughs) with you, (laughs) but it's true. It's true that it does help keep your, your message kind of on point with the audience. If you're, if you're part of the audience or connected that deeply to the audience, of course, your message is going to be more on point for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think this is, um this is a good place to kind of maybe bring in. I mean, was this your story of burnout? I mean, did you feel like you were experiencing it all year or do you have a specific story that you'd like to share with us?
0: So I, I feel like I've, I've experienced burnout a lot during my career. And I, I guess I don't know what the line between tired or frustrated and burnt out actually is like, when do we cross into burnt out? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I feel like there were a lot of times throughout my career where I needed a change. And at first it was, it was age level. I I worked with eighth graders. I I have worked with eighth graders most of my career. And there was a point seven years in where it was wearing on me and I needed a change. So I switched to fourth grade and I found that that brought some life into my teaching, uh, dealing with those fourth graders. That's a really fun age. Um, and then because of a, a licensure thing and a change in the district, I had to switch back to eighth grade. And I was like, oh, I'll try a different curriculum. Right. And so trying out different things really helped me. And I think that's that burned, burned in and bored yeah. th- thing that you, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, but then moving into working with the teachers with educational technology really really became the way that I, that I kind of fought my way out of the burnout because, and I think what happened was I identified what I was really enjoying and what I really wasn't enjoying in the classroom. I was like, I, I felt really like, it really lit me up when I was, when I was uh, planning curriculum and things like that and planning activities. Like I, I felt um uh, flow, you know, what they call flow when you're doing a task where like everything around you kind of melts away and you became so, so a part of what you're doing, yeah. you forget to go to the bathroom, you forget to eat lunch, you forget to talk to your family. Like you're just focused on something. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that way when dealing with, when, when writing curriculum or designing activities and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always felt that way when talking to my students and just connecting with my students. But when I haven't felt that way, right, is when dealing with behavior problems or dealing with grading or uh, helping students that, that maybe aren't feeling uh, excited about doing their work and things like that. And I, I know those are just part of the job. Right. But what I identified was what I really enjoyed was developing content. Uh, developing ways to improve learning experiences and connecting with people. And I I started to learn like, Oh, I think, I think what I really want to do is coach the teachers and design the content to support the teachers. Right. And so I started leaning into that stuff and that really did, um, when I started working on that stuff, like I felt like I could have worked all night on that stuff. I could have just given up sleep and just recorded podcasts and recorded videos and wrote blog posts. And because that would just made me so excited to support those educators with that stuff, that just became my thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's actually transition into that because this is something that has kept you. I mean, mm-hmm. is it safe to say that maybe has kept you from from leaving education? I mean, do you think that this is something that then kind of helped you? to to not yeah. only to to grow and to change from that burnout.
0: Yeah, I, I will never, I will never leave an education role. Well, never say never, but I don't, I don't think I'll ever leave an education role because this has helped me identify where my role in education is, right. I I have a passion for the educational system and this is where my role is. So yeah, I definitely think it has really helped me uh, doing these things and connecting with people and seeing those positive um, dividends in the people that I'm working with. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: That's amazing. So, so let's transition then into the three things that you want to teach us about today or, or help us to understand and move forward with. So going into 2021-22 school year, mm-hmm. you know, we are exhausted. We're, we have we have Zoom fatigue. We have technology overwhelm. You know, some teachers, I don't know if they're fully going to be ready, really ready to go back into the classroom with as, as, as exhausting as this past school year was. but we know technology is going to be there. You know, we know, we know we're going back. So what is, what are some things that you would encourage a teacher with all of these different tech tools that have been just thrown out there for teachers to use in the last year, year and a half? How do you help a teacher to, like you said, on your podcast, like how do you help them to narrow down what it is that is the most important tech tool?
0: Yeah. And I think that's where, so, so I started when I, when I realized that supporting educators with technology was something I was excited about doing, I started tweeting and blogging and presenting, and I was kind of tweeting and blogging all of the things, uh, and telling them about all of the different technologies they could use. But what I realized was missing was helping them make those choices. And that's where the podcast came out of right. And now, now, so that's educational duct tape is the name of my podcast me like where, where what's that why, why duct tape right and it's my idea that educational technology is at its best when it's not the goal or i'm sorry it's not the it's not the goal of the lesson but when it's a tool that we're using to solve a goal or meet a problem or address a learning standard so the idea that we don't start with the technology Technology. We start with what we're trying to do for the students, and that's the way duct tape is, right? Duct tape is a tool that we use to fix something, right? Educational technology is a tool that we use to fix something, and so what I try to tell educators through the podcast and when I present and and in my in my my book that's coming out that'll actually by the time this airs will probably already be out nice. is. How, how does this educational duct tape help us, right? And it helps us by, by telling us first think about what is it you're trying to do or what is it that's a problem or what is it that you need to do? Okay, you probably just listed 10 things, right? <laughs> yeah. Which one of those do you need to handle now? Which one of those will either make you feel better now or will make your students enjoy class more now or will improve learning outcomes now? So which one are you choosing to focus on now? Or maybe are there a few that you could attack together as a set? right? And then what technology can address it. And then it becomes less overwhelming. Because if you look out there at the world of educational technology right now, there are hundreds, if not thousands of tools that we could choose from. And it's my jam. And I'm overwhelmed by it. But when we narrow down the list, and it's not overwhelming, I, I talk um, in the book about my list, least favorite six words, and every um, spouse or uh partner will understand these six favorite words or six least favorite words. It's when your, your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever it might be says to you, what restaurant should we go to dinner at tonight? <laughs> and it, it's so overwhelming because you're like, oh my decision gosh, fatigue. that's so much pressure, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's decision fatigue. Like just how right. make a decision. Jeff and I have that conversation all the time. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going like, to pick. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us do. It's too much.
0: Right. And the, the reason it's too much isn't because we don't like to make choices. We love to make those choices. We love to get what we want. It's that we, there's too many things to choose from and there's too much pressure on the decision, right? We're too worried that our spouse or our kids or whoever it might be, won't like the place we pick. We're too worried that we're gonna pick the wrong place. And we're overwhelmed by the number of places. Like I, I live in a town where within 20 minutes of here, there's hundreds of restaurants we yeah. could choose from. Same and here. that's overwhelming. So, so I have to ask a lot of questions. I'll ask my wife, well, what, what kind of food are you in the mood for? Are you in the mood for burgers? Are you in the mood for Mexican? Are you in the mood for Italian? Do you wanna get takeout? Do you wanna dine in? Do you want to take a while? Do you wanna sit on a patio? Um, are your in-laws going? With us, please no, please no, please no. <laughs> um, I, I might ask the kids what they're in the mood for. Although they'll all be in the mood for different things. Right. Ask uh, so my wife, like, "Oh, do you want to have a drink with dinner? Do you want to go out to?" out out for dessert after dinner. Right. And by the time I've asked all those questions, I've narrowed it down to like four places. Mm -hmm. And now I can go like, okay, that's my favorite of those four places. And now I can make a choice that makes me feel happy, but wasn't overwhelming because it was so few things. Mm -hmm. And I think that works with technology too, right? If we can go, okay, I'm trying to, my biggest problem is maybe, I don't know, uh, my students' understanding of the material until I give them that summative assessment and they're tanking on it. And then I feel horrible that they tanked on it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it until I gave them that assessment. So my biggest problem clearly is formative assessment, right? So, okay, so now I know it's formative assessment. And then I go, okay, when would I want a formative assessment? But I want to do it for homework or at the end of class or during class. And then once I make that decision, I'm narrowing it down till I'm like, okay, well, I need to choose one of these five tools, mm-hmm. right? And then we can make a choice that fits for us and feels good for us. Mm-hmm
1: so I, I, I looked at, so whenever I interview somebody, I send you a Google form and you fill it out and I ask you to kind of narrow, I kind of do this. Like I narrow mm-hmm. down what it is we're going to talk about. Cause I don't want to mm-hmm. just, I, although I, I do just love having a casual conversation with you, right. Jake, I want it to be um, informative and helpful and supportive of the teachers that are listening. And you hit the nail on the head. You picked that. This is a great, this is a, a great advice for step one of the burning process, which is begin where you are. So
0: yeah. like,
1: how long have you been here? Like, what are you, what's going on? You know, what are your triggers? Um, what's hard for you. And then R, which is step three of the burden process reflect on your challenges. So, okay. List them all. What are mm-hmm. all your challenges? Okay. Why is this challenging you? Okay. But right. why is this challenge? So like narrowing all of this down, this is exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. So that's wonderful advice. And I love your analogy of, of the restaurants because it is, it, it's so hard to choose when there's so much, And I remember when I was teaching first grade, uh, we used Seesaw, which I'm so excited to use again. Like that is, I I love love Seesaw. It's amazing. Um, And then I started to become, I became a Google certified educator and I was like, I'm using Google classroom. Mm -hmm. And I got all hyped up. I got the app on all of their iPads. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? Like this is confusing and convoluting things and they're first graders. we have this amazing tool. Like, there's no need to use both, at least right. in my situation. So I canned it. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, you know, even though I'm a Google certified trainer or whatever, I gotta, I gotta stick with seesaw. It's just, it was the bee's knees for me. So, uh, right. so you were
0: using, you were using technology for technology's sake right there right. with that Google yes. classroom. There, there was, there was some other reason that you were using Google classroom and it wasn't, wasn't what was, you weren't, you were You were choosing a tool that didn't focus on the problem you had. You were choosing a tool for some other reason, you know, right? It wasn't.
1: Yeah. It was almost like for vanity's sake. Like I use Google classroom because I'm a Google certified educator and it it was just, it was looking back. It was just silly. I mean, I think I realized it in the moment, but that's Mm. why I was like, I have to choose one. This is ridiculous. There's Mm. no need to spend all the time that I was going to be taking to teach them how to use this new tool when Seesaw did everything that I needed at that moment.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And it's a fantastic tool too.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, All right. So what's the second step here?
0: So, so once you've identified all those goals or problems or needs, it's picking the one that you need to focus on now, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what is the, what is the one that's most important right now? So I gave that example of saying, um, you know, you're you're realizing when you give a summative assessment that your kids aren't understanding um, and then saying, Oh, I need formative assessment. Well, maybe I listed that summative assessment issue. And, but I also mentioned uh, listed a, there's behavior issues in my class, or there's culture issues where my kids are, uh, are bullying each other, or maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed by my planning, or maybe I feel like I can't, or everything's not organized, or my kids don't know what the homework assignment is. So then I've got to go, which one of those do I need to handle first? Like what's the front of the line issue right there? Um, And those, those are some pretty big problems I listed there, right? So it's going to be hard to choose in that list, but what thing is going to give you and your students the biggest bang for your buck now? And can you link some of them together and and attack more than one uh, at at a time? Like you mentioned Seesaw. Seesaw is going to do a lot of different things for you all at once. It's going to empower your students. It's going to communicate with your, um, with your parents, it's going to organize content. It's going to help you deliver the content, right? So maybe you do have something that can all link together into one thing, but you've got to pick what can I focus on now? Cause you can't do it all at once.
1: Well, and I think that's the, th- I think you just hit the nail on the head because I think that's where we feel the pressure to do all the things well and learn all the things right now. Everything's a high right. priority. Right. And I'm not saying that, that, that all of these things, everything that you listed is, is high priority. They're mm-hmm. important because they all sort of mesh together into a, a flow. Like like you mentioned earlier um but you really do have to step back and say what is the most important or even at that point like what's the most urgent thing like what is coming up the most because you know if if you just get that paralysis by over analysis you don't you end up not doing anything and that's when that burnout's going to set in because you're just again like that quote unquote putting out fires all day because you're not tackling that one thing that that will get you started and getting started is the hardest part right
0: right yeah. And, you know, it, only in this career would we try to uh, try to do all of the things at once, right? Nowhere else in our life do we do that, right? Like you think about like the success you're having with Burnton teacher, right? You didn't start a podcast and write a book and start speaking and start a blog and start social media all on the same day, no. right? You did them one, one or maybe two at a time and Looking back on it's like, Oh, look at all the stuff I've done, but you didn't do it all at once. Right. You started doing all of these things at different time incrementally, and you had to identify either subconsciously or, or consciously, which one needs to come first, Mm -hmm. right? Which, which one has to be the first thing I do. And, And we do that throughout our lives, right? You buy a new house. Okay. And that house is a little bit of a fixer upper right? You don't start replacing the carpet and redoing your cabinets and installing new lighting all at the same time. Typically you go like, you what don't. has to come yeah. first? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Typically, you yeah.
1: Don't. For, uh, for us, for us, uh, Midwesterners, typically we're not, uh, we're not doing the whole thing at one time, but I'm, and maybe you are, I don't know. It just depends on your financial situation, right? I think that's something else too, that um, that's really important to touch on is that comparison game Well, you see people on Twitter or Instagram or, you know, Pinterest, whatever, right. doing all of these things they didn't learn all of those things at one time. And I think that's where it's really important that you don't compare your beginning to somebody mm. else's middle, because that's really oh, fair. That's really unfair to yourself. And I think yeah. that's a really good lesson for your students too. That's like, you know, <laughs> you can't compare where he or she is. Like you have to compare yourself to yourself. Where are you on your journey? And right. I heard today on um, I listened to the Daily Shine app. Have you ever heard of it? It's like I've message. heard
0: of it. I've never listened to it, though no.
1: Really, it's amazing. And they said, you don't have to be enough. You just have to be you.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I thought that was, that stuck with me because I think so many times, especially in education, because we want to be the best for our kids, you know, that we just end up comparing ourselves and then we Mm -hmm. exhaust ourselves in that comparison and don't, don't try.
0: Right. Right. You know, you think about if you're at the, if you're at the gym, right. You're not going to Compare yourself to the bodybuilder, you know, yeah. across the gym from you, right? And I, I think there's two good p- points in what you said there. One is the part of don't compare your beginning to another person's middle, right? Because if you're just starting to go into the gym and work out, you're not going to compare it to the person who's been coming for years. Yeah. But you also also not only that, but you like, even your middle and somebody else's middle, isn't the same because we all come with our, we're our, we're all our own person. Right. So I, I literally, if I've been working out for five years and some guy that's a bodybuilder has been working out for five years, I can't go like, why don't I look like that bodybuilder? Right. Because I'm, I'm not that bodybuilder. I'm me. I'm Jake. Right. Well, then you
1: have to (laughs) ask, like, do I want to look like that bodybuilder?
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: Or am I just telling myself a story that that's, what I should, you know what I mean? Like it right. just goes back to narrative and what you're telling yourself and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And it's just absolutely it all. Yeah. It can, it can be really de- debilitating when you're trying to just move forward.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And we used to deal with like, I- I've been in education for long enough to have been teaching before all of the social media stuff really started happening with education mm-hmm. and then we had this comparison feeling to the teachers around us, but now it's so amplified because even then there were times where I felt insufficient when comparing myself to the teachers around me in my building, but now we feel it to thousands of educators online, right? And we have to be mindful of, of who we are and and what what steps we're taking, right? You have you, only got to be you, right? Well, now like you're you just
1: speaking the Burned In language, so yeah. we could just go on forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you said the third step then is to identify a technology that can address it. And I feel like you've already sort of kind of uh, mixed this into your explanation. It was just right. so well done. Uh, so so what have you found in your own journey this year? What has been where you've gone through this process yourself?
0: So I used in this in 2020 to 2021 I used Pear Deck a lot in my classroom and and Pear Deck and Nearpod is a similar tool to it and they're both great tools. My school district is a Pear Deck school, so that's that's why I was using Pear Deck. But I like I like them both. And the reason I was using them and not some other technologies is because I first thought about what am I trying to do, right? At the beginning of the year, I kind of listed out, I had a list of about 15 different things that I really wanted to focus on as I started my school year. And among them were building rapport with my students, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure all students were moving forward with me, making sure all students were being successful, uh, formatively assessing my students while we went, and I really wanted to make sure that I, especially while we were remote and then also while we were concurrent, which is how we were the last half of the school year, I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't know what those kids at home were doing. I knew some of them were turning their webcams off and playing video games, right? Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure they were moving forward with me. And, and when I looked at my list of problems, I went, okay, what technologies do I know of that can handle a large number of these goals that I have? Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, with Pear Deck, I could lead the lesson and keep everybody at the same pace. And I can embed questions that prove to me, number one, they're connected. Number two, they understand. And then I could support them if they don't understand. And it also builds in some great opportunities for rapport. We would start off the decks with a fun question or a fun drawing or something. And that's where we had a lot of our fun. But. It became a tool that did a lot of different things for me. There are other tools that I love that I didn't use that much this year. Like Flipgrid is one of my favorite educational technology tools. I used it maybe four times this past school year. Mm -hmm. And the reason I I didn't use it more was because I I looked at my situation, right? Mm -hmm. And in my situation, our school had decided that all of our remote instruction would be synchronous rather than asynchronous. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I don't think there, there are ways to use Flipgrid in that situation, but it's not it's not the first thing that I need to address. And so maybe next year I'll add that in, right? Yeah. And I, I really thought about what is my first goal and, the, and I have this big set of goals here and I think this technology can handle it. And, I, and it did address it really well for me. Now, my students at the end of the year said, um, we had one student who gave the speech at the eighth grade, like graduation. And she said something to the effect of this was a, this was a great school year despite the challenges, but if I never have to see a Pear Deck again, I'll be happy. <laughs> and I'm like look sorry it worked for me all right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's interesting because uh, Pear Deck was just coming out whenever I was uh gosh I think I remember it at the Google Summit that I went to in 2016 Mm -hmm. that just Mm -hmm. lit my world on fire and it was just coming out and I remember being like what the heck is this it doesn't even make any sense to me (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it's been such a huge help I know to so many teachers yeah, this year.
0: And it was a tool that I didn't use all that much before that school yeah. year. Right. I yeah. used it a little, I loved it. I thought it was a great, great technology, but until my setting mm-hmm. and my circumstances and my goals were mm-hmm. such that it was the right tool for me, yeah. then I didn't really start embracing it. And it, it goes back to that restaurant thing. Like I'm always satisfied with the food I get at Chipotle, right? But I might not always be in the mood for Chipotle or I might not always be hungry or I might not be near a Chipotle or my wife might not be in the mood for Chipotle. Like you, the, your technology really has to relate to what it is you're trying to achieve. Otherwise, it's just technology for technology's sake. Like you nice. said about Google Classroom.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So Jake, how is it that people can find you if they wanna connect with you, ask you questions, listen to the podcast, how can, how can they get in touch with you?
0: Well, I hope they do, first of all, because that's my favorite part is connecting with people. Uh, but I am at Jake Miller Tech on all of the social medias, even TikTok, which I'm trying to learn. That's one of those things that I, I'm my boss and I'm, I'm dem- demanding myself that I start using more TikTok, Amber. Same
1: here. Same here. I know Matt Matt Miller keeps trying to, um, and he's doing, a re- I don't know if he is doing a good that. job. Yes. He's
0: doing a really, really
1: great job with TikTok. And he's like, Amber, you got to try it. You just got to go for it. And I'm like, I just, it's just not a high priority it's,
0: for me. I'm it sounds so like Matt so- might be your boss.
1: But, yeah, Matt's my boss. Yeah, I, that would be amazing. But uh, I'm just trying to wrap my head around reels on Instagram. Yeah, like, yeah, And yeah. I, I'm telling you what though, Jake, I really, one thing, and that Molly Wheatley keeps trying to make me do more reels. And I've done two in my life now. Mm. But I told her the other day, I said, the reason I'm not making a ton of reels is I'm really trying to figure out if it's that important to me, like yeah. what the purpose of them is. Right. Because- are they are they fun to make yeah they're kind of fun to make is it a, the best use of my time which is so right. precious yeah. i haven't convinced myself that it is yeah. so i don't want to make reels just because instagram influencers mm. are saying that this is the best thing to do to get people to know about your platform right i don't know if i really care right that much about them and right and it, I- it,
0: it- it's it's funny, like like as an educator, it all goes back to what we do in the classroom. Like our, our, we see these parallels, but it's very similar to adding in some new fun educational thing into our classrooms. Like, yeah. yeah, it might be fun. Yeah, it might bring some engagement. But if I've only got this much time and this much bandwidth, is that the thing for me right now? Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why I haven't gotten TikTok going for me really well yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it used to bother me. It used to be like, oh, Amber, you got to I, Like I was telling myself, right? Like, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. And I'm like, no, I don't.
0: No, I don't. I don't no, no I,
1: I do not have to do that to connect with my people so um it's almost like you get to talk back to your boss when you're you know having this argument in your own head but uh yeah but i think that aligns really well with our conversation so yeah. uh, so tell us how people can find you then
0: so yeah, at Jake Miller Tech on all the social medias, even TikTok, right? Yes. Um, or uh, jakemiller.net is my website. Uh, jakemiller.com is a, a singer, a pop singer who's yes. really buff and looks nothing like me and is a better singer than me. So that's not me. I'm jakemiller.net. You'll know the difference when you get there. Some people might go just to look at his picture, but then change the .com to a .net to find me. Uh, and my podcast is at eduducttape.com.
1: Yeah. And it's a good one. I really encourage you to check it out, especially if you're somebody who might be, you know, uh, new, new to technology being that maybe you weren't teaching, uh, virtually mm-hmm. this past year, but even if you were, and you're just like, yeah. you're, you've got, kind of, you're kind of jaded by it. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. The, your podcast would be amazing for that. Thanks. So Jake, before we sign off here, I am bringing it back. I'm, I'm bringing back the, this or that lightning round. Okay. Just for you. Just for me. Yes. <laughs> I haven't done it in a really long time, but in an effort to bring because my, my coach told me that I need to bring more fun into my life because I okay. take myself way too seriously. So I'm bringing it back. I've right, seen
0: so- you smiling like 80% of this chat. Nobody else could see you, but you've, you've, you've done plenty of smiling, but I'm still up for this or that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> interesting because I love these conversations. They are really fun. Um, but, but I used to do this and it is one of those things that it's just like in the classroom, like you get too wrapped up in all of the, you know, all the serious stuff that like. You got to put a little bit of fun into it too. So, all right, here we go. Okay. All right. Steak or chicken?
0: Oh, steak for sure.
1: Ooh. Uh, Alaska or Hawaii?
0: Hawaii. Oh, who wants to be cold? Come on, Amber. <laughs> That's that, why even wasting my time with that question. Have
1: you been to either of those places?
0: No. I want to go. I would. I would totally go to both. But if you're yeah. like, you could have a plane ticket to one or the other. Yeah, it's Hawaii. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so we've been to Hawaii. My husband and I went a couple of years ago by ourselves, and we took our daughters a couple of years later. And we've, and it's, it's amazing. It's life-changing, but we've recently talked about going to Alaska and that's the exact conversation that we've had. Like, oh, it would be so beautiful. And obviously, you know, like to go to Denali and, um, all this, like, we love going to national parks. We love nature, but we're like, oh, it'll be so cold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like you said, us as Midwesterners, we're like, we experience that during part yeah, of the year. We don't Midwestern. need more of that.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, TV shows or movies.
0: Mm. Hmm. I think TV shows because I don't sit down at a TV for long enough for movies, typically, unless my family forces me to.
1: Okay. All right. And you don't get sick of them lasting forever now.
0: No, I don't mind. I'm currently I'm currently re re rewatching Breaking Bad. I because was just- we watched it when it was on TV, it, you know, like wow. when TVs were a thing and you like yep. watch things when they happened. Yep. My wife and I were watching it. And after a couple seasons, she was like, I'm sorry, I can't watch this anymore. Nothing good ever happens. Mm-hmm. Every episode, things get worse and people get sadder. I want to mm-hmm. stop watching. Mm-hmm. And so I I kind of stopped watching too because she stopped watching. And then I was really bummed when it all ended and everybody was like, did you see the finale? And I never saw it. So now I'm rewatching them right now. So last, last night I was watching and it, it, The drug deal did not go well for them. They
1: typically don't go really great, do they? (laughs) Well, that's, it's funny because I use that as an analogy when I'm talking about, you know, how we treat time versus how we treat our money and how we budget our money, but we don't budget our time, but we can get, we can always make more money. I mean, have you seen Breaking Bad, but we can't make more time. So I always bring that up, but yeah, you're so, so right. Okay. One last, this or that your mic or my mic. They're the same
0: mic, Amber.
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a trick question. I, I want, about-
0: I want my mic because I've put a little piece of black tape over the light. Cause, I, cause one time I was doing a session and somebody was like, Jake, why is your chin blue? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, it. it's coming from my mic. So I had to cover it up. Although it's starting to peek out of the top there. You can see it a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see it a little bit. You need to fix, you need to put some duct tape on that.
0: I need to fix it. Well, it is duct tape, but I need to fix my black tape tape. It's, it's kind of pulled down a little bit.
1: Oh, well, Jake, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a fun conversation. I knew it would be. I just really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with us.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for what you do for educators. There's so much, so much burnout in education nowadays, and you're really helping a lot of people with what you do. They, they need to hear this message. And I really appreciate what you do for our colleagues.
1: Well, thank you very much, Jake. It means a lot to me to hear you say that. All right, everybody, take a deep breath. You just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on.